A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hey, welcome to My First Time, a mostly sexy sex podcast from Broadly. My name is Zing Sing. I had tried other softer vibrators and just been like, I don't think that these are really for me. And then I was like, oh, no, power queen who likes big dildos. That is my niche. Today on My First Time. Do you need sex toys to make you come? Hi, I'm Zoe Ligon, and this is the story of the first time I bought a sex toy. Our guest today, Zoe Ligon, is a sex toy expert. She's used them, sold them, and will evangelize about them to anyone who asks. And we're definitely asking today. For Zoe, sex toys don't have to be taboo, and they certainly do not have to look like a dick. Now running her own sex toy shop, Spectrum Boutique, Zoe has always been a sexual being. This is her story. Oh, yeah. So I had my first orgasm from oral sex, which is funny because like I'm not really a fan of receiving oral sex unless somebody is really down to like smoosh their face into my crotch very hard for a very long period of time. It doesn't provide the stimulation category that I prefer. The first time I ever bought a toy was like this very impulsive that I, I was still 18. I was in the village in Manhattan and they have all these like really tiny downstairs basement level sex toy stores. And I was just like, oh, I'm just going to like get a pair of handcuffs. Oh, this is kinky and fun. Never used them. Not once. But I also got like a giant jelly dong. For some reason, I always knew I liked big toys. I guess that was kind of like a, a t intuitive thing. Like I wanted the girthier things because it's definitely not a typical choice. I just kind of was like, I'll take that one and like selected it off of a wall. And unbeknownst to me, it was one of those dreaded toxic sex toys that like, you know, have phthalates in them and emit toxic smells and gases. 
I didn't have any concept of like, oh, like I need something for external stimulation. And I didn't get my first vibrator until maybe age 20, 21, maybe. And that was really the ticket for me. I bought a dildo before a vibrator. I bought an anal training kit, which was again, like some crappy, shitty (laughs) dilation set, you know, with like the gradated sizes of like small butt plug to large butt plug. And then I was just like using them vaginally at the end of the day, because I was just like, these are better vaginally anyway, for me. I had a boyfriend who knew about the world of sex toys and he was literally like let's just walk around and it was a babeland it was actually the exact same babeland i ended up working at a couple of years later and <laughs> i just remember he felt quite comfortable and i did a quick lap and was like okay cool yeah i'm good i'm good and it wasn't even something that registered like i wish i knew what was going through my mind back then because it was just kind of like I think that when you are confronted with all the resources at once, it's kind of intimidating to be like, you mean this shit has been here all along and I've been not aware of this for, you know, my six plus years of being sexually active. And it just it, it feels almost like humiliating and embarrassing. So it was just like this very steep learn, learning curve all of a sudden. And I I got a magic wand and that was fucking fabulous. Um, I had I had tried other softer vibrators and just been like, I don't think that these are really for me. And then I was like, oh, no, power queen who likes big dildos. That is my niche. When you're younger, it can feel incredibly bold and kind of scary to walk into a store and buy a sex toy. I think it brings up a lot of emotions for a lot of people. And I think so many of us have trauma of various kinds, you know, Some of us are more aware of than others, and it can really call up a lot of trauma, even if you don't have like a specific instance of sexual trauma in your life. I think it just calls into question a lot of very deeply intimate things. And I think that that is, at the end of the day, kind of at the root of what prohibits us from this beautiful journey. Why am I kind of hesitant to reach for the lube when I'm with a partner You know, and why do I only reach for the lube when I am experiencing physical pain and rug burn in my vagina? And why is this not something that I feel comfortable liberally dousing my body with as quote unquote God intended? (laughs) Um, Because now I'm just like I like I squirted on dildos like it's a hot dog with ketchup and I just like put a giant puddle on my crotch and I'm not afraid to douse it. But it's like now that I reflect on it in that way, I think it really just is that learning curve of it's like you're not going to automatically feel comfortable whipping out a sex toy in front of somebody or even just using a sex toy by yourself. It is like this gentle easing into for some of us. I think a lot of us also, you know, have no problem diving in head first. But if you feel apprehensive, there's no reason you can't just leave it on your bed, vibrator on your bedside table and just look at it. I mean, I fucking did that. I... (laughs) I had to like sniff it out. It was like I was like a fish in an aquarium. If you have a fish tank, you have to like slowly get a new fish acquainted to the tank little by little and like get them like ease them in, put a little bit of water in their bag and get them used to the temperature. So it's like that's the way I see my own sex education even like it was just this tiny little wading into the baby pool and getting into the deeper end. Oh, yeah. 
According to Tonic, a study published in the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy last year found that nearly 37% of American women required clitoral stimulation to experience orgasm. For our guest Zoe, this comes up a lot in conversation. So I think just like dropping the expectation of like, I must have an orgasm. Like it's been this long since I've been, you know, exploring my body and I still have an orgasm and I'm so frustrated, you know, I... It really does not feel like that long ago that I was there. So, you know, depending on the conversation I'm having, I like to be like, you know, look, I am right there with you. It is a very difficult thing to navigate, especially when you have to do all the research on your own and there is nobody necessarily there to help you. But I think that a really great way of getting acquainted with your body is a physical component and a psychological component. I think it's really good to, you know, depends what kind of learner you are. Maybe you're a visual learner. Maybe you prefer to read, maybe you prefer to hear things. But listening to educational content, whether it's like a sex positive podcast or a, you know, a short like vulva guide manual, I think that laying the groundwork gives you, you don't necessarily need to reference it as you're exploring your own body, but then you kind of have this mental map you can work with. And again, there's like no right or wrong way to approach this. Um, And I think that some people feel more comfortable just using their hands and lubricant. I think lubricant is a really big area. I mean, uh, lube, I love lube. I think that A lot of people are also hindered from exploring their body, especially internally, if they don't have lube available simply because if you're trying to shove your fingers into your body without any arousal or, you know, external stimulation leading up to that, it's not going to feel particularly comfortable. And furthermore, the G-spot isn't very easy to locate without a bit of arousal and blood flow to the genitals already. So I think that really slowly whining and dining the body, as we say, especially if you're doing anything anally, just like really taking it slow. I I mean, it, and it's so interesting too, because I find new parts of my body all the time. I know that sounds really out there, but like I recently became acquainted, recently within the past year, I'd say, with like the little crevices on either side of my cervix and I realized how delicious that area is. Um, It's really quite mind-blowing to think like I've had this body since the day I was born and I'm still exploring it and and I, I think it's also so my advice would be like also reframing it into not being like a you know, seeing the glass is half empty, but instead being like, this is so exciting. I found out a new thing. Isn't this so awesome? Instead of like the way I felt, which was, I'm so humiliated that it took me this long, you know, and there's clearly something wrong with my body because it took me this long. And I think that that is also very characteristic of me as a person with a lot of anxiety, but I know I'm not alone here. So I think really just being gentle and loving with yourself, um, both psychologically and physically. It sounds so daunting. And I know that like I go through honestly periods of weeks where like I'm not really in a mood to be touching my body. Like a lot of the sexual practices we talk about here at My First Time, the stigma surrounding sex toys is fading, slowly. But there's still a lot of misinformation out there, no thanks to certain TV shows. 
while Sex and the City ushered in the notion of using a dual stem rabbit vibrator, I actually find that so much of my job is like undoing the very narrow learning that we have gleaned from shows like Sex and the City, which is fantastic that it existed because it you know, created the dialogue around sex toys. And I believe that there is like a wand style massager that has its moment in Sex in the City. But it's also just like, there is so much more out there than the rabbit. And the rabbit in particular works on such a narrow range of bodies simply because when you have a shape that's supposed to stimulate you internally and externally, you're also kind of assuming everybody's body is laid out the same way, which is simply not the case. And I mean, I think it's definitely... Um, specific to gender as well, right? I, I just wrote a piece about the stigma around masturbation sleeves specifically, um, you know, things that people often refer to as fleshlights, but the general term for is just, you know, masturbation sleeves. People will also call them pocket pussies. And I think a name like pocket pussy, you know, gives it the connotation that, yes, this is a replacement for something, when in reality, you could just you could have the most lifelike sex doll and it just would not, you know, with heat and self-lubrication, it would never feel like a human body. And I think that it's like a multi-pronged stigma against sex toys. But I think that especially with, you know, like people with penises using sex toys, it is cast in a very like gross, creepy light. Like, why would you do that? A real man gets real pussy or whatever people think out there. But then for people using sex toys with their vulvas, it's either kind of like fetishized as being like, oh, isn't that like she's going to go, you know, have some solo time with her dildo. And I often find that like, while there are definitely depictions of dildos being used with vibrators, I still see so many like solo masturbation porn videos where it's like just dildo action. Not to say that that isn't the way some people masturbate, but generally external stimulation is paired with it again. But yeah, so it's the same thing when it comes to vibrators and dildos of like, it's a replacement for somebody or, you know, if they are somebody with a penis using dildos on themselves, like that's gay when, you know, in reality, it's not what you do. It's who you do it with that determines your sexual orientation. So it's, it's the replacement for a person thing that creates the insecurity that, and also just like, an, I think an unfamiliarity, I think that, there's also the, the, of course, the myth of, you know, being stretched out and loose, which is bullshit. And also the vibrator desensitization myth, which is also bullshit. And I feel like that one I, I'm still having to come back to a lot. Um, because I think that all these things do come from like a grain of truth. Like, yes, it is totally possible to like become too um, dependent on one form of stimulation of any kind. I think that if you aren't introducing variety to your body, I think it's, it's totally reasonable to say, like, if you get into the habit of doing one thing a certain way, it can be difficult to then shift gears. Just like if you're used to masturbating with porn all the time and then, like, suddenly you're trying to masturbate without porn. Like, yeah, you're removing a stimulus all of a sudden and it completely throws off the neural connections you've built in your brain. So again, it's like, yes, it comes from a grain of truth, but I wish people could see beyond how it doesn't exist in a vacuum. There's cultural influences that cause and perpetuate these, these stigmas. And honestly, I, to this day, find myself feeling insecure at times. I 
really don't use my hands to stimulate myself. And I currently am kind of trying to explore like, okay, is this like related to some type of trauma that I'm not aware of? Is there something about hands on my genitals that makes me feel really uncomfortable? Because I've just never felt comfortable with that. And I think part of that also is, is like, I like girthy toys and I really love vibration and I have had an orgasm using not a vibrator, but it's, it's really difficult and it isn't my preferred method. And while I know in my heart that there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, I can't say that it doesn't hurt me a little bit to think about the fact that there are people out there People are shocked that manual stimulation kind of like isn't on the table for me. And I guess I feel insecure about that because I know it isn't the norm. I want to like shout my insecurities from a rooftop because there is so much power in that vulnerability. Again, it's like I am sure there are so many other people out there just like me that feel the exact same way. But like how many of us are talking about that? And it's 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 really fucking difficult. It does like give me moments of pause where I'm just like, oh my God, like I am such a high maintenance, high maintenance person. Like I have to have a vibrator. Like, what does this mean about me? And then I, I, I just turn that voice off that hijacks my brain and say, you know, like, no, like you have orgasms. There was a time when you weren't having orgasms and now you do. What are you so upset about? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now the world is becoming increasingly okay with sex toys. I guess it's unsurprising that Zoe, someone who's become a sex toy expert, wants to keep pushing the boundaries. Like, why are sex toys still gendered at all? I remember thinking specifically how ridiculous it felt to be using a toy that was like a caricature of a dick. Like it was had these like bulging veins. And I was like, OK, cool. There's some texture here. But I, I, I remember finding it so strange that not only, you know, it was like this this translucent purple color that was like had to be dick like. Um, so I, I found it so interesting. I guess that was like my early understanding of like, it doesn't really make too much sense that we're trying to model all these sex toys after genitals, especially if we're trying to, you know, assert that they are different from a human. There's such a narrow availability of stuff. And I and within the last six to eight years, that has changed drastically and it continues to change. And I do think that manufacturers are kind of waking up to it but there it's still largely um 
the same shapes from the 90s and early aughts. I love looking through old magazines and like seeing all the the wacky designs like dicks with like little spiky fleshy pube like things that are supposed to be clitoral stimulators just things that are so clearly designed by a man with no vulva owners consulted. Zoe's come a long way from stumbling around her first sex toy shop but she still remembers how difficult it can be for people to figure out their bodies and their sexual needs. Having an orgasm may seem simple but it almost never is. This is what Zoe has to say. I know so many like sex therapists and people with doctorates in sexuality and like they still struggle with aspects of sex and self-pleasure in relationships. And I think if we were all able to be as candid as we are with ourselves on, you know, and sometimes we lied. I say, I hesitated to say that because I'm like, we also lie to ourselves. <laughs> but if we're able to be like really candid and vulnerable, if everybody was able to just like walk fearlessly into that uncomfortable space, we would all learn so much about ourselves and learn from each other. And sometimes I wish I could just show the people who email me being like, what's wrong with me? The volumes and volumes of other emails asking that exact same question because I'm just like, sometimes it takes the cold, hard proof of like talking to the hundreds and hundreds of people I have talked to to see with your own two eyes that this is not something that you are imagining. This is not, you're not missing a body part. You're not, oh God. I thought I didn't have a G-spot. I really didn't. <laughs> and I mean, and Wikipedia, Wikipedia says that the G-spot may or may not exist. So I mean, Wikipedia is 100% right all the time, right? <laughs> Thanks for listening to My First Time, a mostly sexy sex podcast from Broadly. My name is Zing Sing, and I'm the UK editor at Broadly. This episode was produced by Sam Bonham. If you're into what we're doing, please tell a friend. Rate and subscribe if you get a sec. And of course, be sure to check out the article on Broadly featuring Zoe. See you next week. <laughs>